Hello, everyone. Welcome to FCA's Faith Out Front podcast, where faith and sports meet for the sake of the gospel. We're thrilled to be here for episode four, part one, an interview with my proverbial brother from another mother, Nobles Darby IV, the co-host. And we decided prayerfully that with everything that God is doing through our dear brother Nobles, it would be an excellent opportunity for him to put his faith out front. Just want to remind you, for those that have missed the amazing interviews with David Baker, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, or Robert Brooks, the chaplain of the Cleveland Browns, or Lisa Sebastian, president of Ridge Cleaners, former Buckeye, during the Final Four, you can see or listen to those interviews, I should say, clevelandfca.org. You can go to our What's Happening and, and tune into those amazing podcasts. Great Faith Out Front interviews. So here we are, nobles. I'll tell you, I know typically you're the co-host, but today you're the interviewee, and I want to just stop talking and let you put your faith out front. So I think the first question is, to have faith out front, you got to have faith. That's come up before. Why don't you walk the listening audience through your faith journey and, and how Jesus Christ has been so centered to it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, Robert, always great to uh, be with you, bro. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny being on this side of the uh of the seat so to speak but nonetheless man i'm just excited to share um you know on this faith out front podcast um my my story you know i grew up as the uh typical preacher's kid so to speak um you know i come from a long line of preachers and teachers in my family men and women of god who um devoted their life's work um to that of you know serving the kingdom of god and building it whether they were pastors um, ministers evangelists um, whether they were uh, ministers of music, whatever the case may be. Um, so growing up, you know, all I saw, you know, um, was Christ displayed to me at an early age. Um, I've been in church for as long as I can remember, you know, vacation Bible schools, Sunday schools, um, Easter speeches. As a matter of fact, I think my, uh, my sisters still have their uh, ruffle socks. They're, they're white socks with the big white ruffles on them from when they used to give their Easter speeches. That's how long, um, you know, we've been around, uh, we've been around church. But um, for me, you know, one of the biggest things that's, you know, played a part in my Christian upbringing and my faith is that it was never about church, but relationship was always emphasized. And so for me, you know, growing up as a young man in the church, you know, I realized the value um, in not just attending church, you know, to get an experience, but more so um, you know, be, being in the place where God is and allowing his spirit um, to change your life and give you an experience that you'll never forget, you know, not something that just lasts for a couple of hours on a Sunday. Um, and so, you know, um, growing up around uh, my family, um, who, like I said, was heavily involved in ministry, um, it prompted me at an early age, you know, to want to know, well, what's God's will for my life? Um, even how I got saved, you know, I got saved at a very, very early age, I believe I was seven years old, and I remember this uh, this story so vividly. My mother was driving me to uh, to school. Uh, we were living out in Broadview Heights at the time. We were on 77 South um, going into Cleveland, and I remember um, looking out of the window um, in the car into the sky, and I told my mom, I said, hey, Ma, I, I see God and the devil fighting. Um, and I, you know, I don't know why God chose to reveal you know, that uh, very vivid image to a seven-year-old, but I recognized what I was looking at. 
And right there in that car, I, I asked my mother, I said, Ma, what do I need to do, you know, to accept Jesus? And, you know, I, um, I've been faithfully walking, you know, with God ever since, you know. And so fast forward um, a few years, um, I remember we were in a special prayer service at our church. My grandfather was my pastor at the time, and he had all of us kind of break out into um, some individual uh, prayer groups. And he said, hey, you know, um, just pray as the Lord is leading you. Pray as the Holy Spirit is leading you um, in your circles. Pray for one another, whatever requests that you all have. And I remember while I was standing there, I felt such a, a heavy presence on me, um, but not in a bad way, but it was something I had never experienced before. And it, it, it terrified me, you know, to be 13 and not realize that you're encountering the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, that was terrifying, you know, as, a, as an early teen. Um, and I remember, you know, my grandfather had said, you know, if any of you, if any of you want special prayer, you know, just come here to the altar. And so he and my grandmother were there at the altar and um, I'm standing there, my knees are shaking, my palms are sweating. And I'm like, I feel like I need to move, but, you know, I'm scared because I don't know what this means. Um, but I just, you know, mustered up the, uh, the strength to, you know, walk away from that circle. And, you know, I'm trying to keep myself from falling as I'm walking from the back of the church to the front. Um, but I finally get there and I remember, um, you know, sitting in front of my grandparents and my grandfather looked at me in the eyes and he told me, um, I knew you were coming up here. The Holy Spirit had already spoken that you were coming up here. And so as I got up there, you know, and I'm looking at him, he's looking at me. Um, I, I simply asked him, I said, Granddad, I want to know what God's will is for my life. Um, and so, you know, I, I just felt, you know, in that moment, that's what I needed to be focused on. And so I'll never forget, he told me, uh, you know, to go home and read um, through First Samuel um, read the story where, you know, um, God is calling Eli, uh, God is calling Samuel, Samuel's running to Eli, you know, thinking it's him calling him. Um, and But Eli tells him, hey, you know, if you hear that voice again, um, just say, Lord, here am I. And, uh, and, and so I went, I read that scripture, I prayed. And while I was praying, I was so terrified at the same time, because, you know, I just knew God was going to say, I want you to be a preacher. I just knew it, man. Like, you know, knowing the, 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 the long line of preachers that are in the family, um, I just didn't want that to be the result. But sure enough, um, God said preacher. And so I went back that following Sunday. I told my grandparents, hey, um, you know, God told me he wants me to be a preacher. And so they're excited. My parents are excited. And everybody's just, you know, looking forward to me taking that next step. But I was so fearful, man. Like in, at 13, you know, none of my friends were preachers. You know, I, I was I was playing sports. You know, I was I was heavily involved in athletics. Like, you know, nobody that I knew, you know, nobody that I hung out with, you know, was really, you know, um, serious about their relationships with God. You know, their parents made them go to church. You know, the words that they used. But you know, I, I didn't have I didn't feel like I had anybody that I could relate to my age that you know knew what it is God had already called them to do. And so out of fear, I ran for three years um, until the age of 16. I remember I was in the car once again with my grandparents and uh, we were, I was out running errands with them. And uh, my grandfather, he got out and went into the store and my grandmother um, simply turned around to me and she said, you know, we're waiting on you, right? <laughs> and so I said, yes, ma'am. And I knew exactly what she meant. And so I told myself um, that coming Sunday, I was going to, you know, um, make it known that I was ready to accept my call into the ministry. 
And so I accepted my call into ministry at the age of 16. And, you know, not to sound cliche, but it's the best experience, uh, best decision rather that I've made in, in my life, you know, to accept God and accept his call on my life at an early age. Because for me, it was never about, like I said, just going to church, but it was about understanding there was a solid foundation um, that, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles um, were demonstrating in front of me so that I would have a solid foundation so that as I got older, you know, um, the, that word would, it would, it would instruct me, it would guide me, you know, and so I accepted my call to ministry at 16. Um, you know, I've been uh, faithfully preaching and teaching the gospel every, ever since. I'm 33 now. Um, so to me, sometimes it's mind-blowing to know that God has been using me for close to 20 years you know, to do his work. But, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel as though I'm just getting started. But that's, uh, yeah, it's been my story. Nobles, that's powerful. And just writing down, I mean, seven years old, powerful encounter with God. 13, another line in the sand moment. Then 16. And now here you are 33. And I know you well enough to know you could unpack story after story after story. You shared one last night to the FCA Avon huddle about storms and you mentioned your grandfather and I know a lot of people listening are probably like oh well Nobles he's a pastor's kid so it was easy for him what about me I'm not a pastor's kid can you speak to adversity i.e. a storm that struck in your journey and then how God used that to shape you and how he even uses it now to help shape other people as they walk with Christ yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you hit the nail on the head, man. And just saying that sometimes people, you know, look at preachers, kids, or they look at pastors, you know, or people that have been saved a long time. And they just think that, you know, we fall out of bed, right, so to speak. And, you know, things just happen, you know, it's quite the opposite. You know, you do experience adversity, you do experience storms. But, you know, one of the things that I've come to realize, you know, over the course of my Christian faith is that no matter what storm or what challenge you find yourself in, you know, with God, you always have the upper hand. You know, with God, you always have the advantage. You're going into a fight that's been fixed in your favor, you know, so long as you realize, you know, who's in the midst of that storm with you. You know, the storm that I went through, um, you know, coming out of high school, you know, I was playing football. I wound up getting a full scholarship um, to Bowling Green State University. And, you know, two weeks into my, uh, my freshman year, um, my grandfather passes away unexpectedly. No one knew he was sick. And that was very devastating for me at 18 years old, you know, to have someone that close to me, you know, pass away. And I found myself in the midst of a storm that seemed to, you know, go on for at least like the next two years because that, you know, the, his death impacted me in a way to where I shared this in the, uh, the huddle with um, the Avon High School students that, you know, I began drinking, I began partying. I stopped going to class. I stopped caring about athletics and all these different things. And it resulted in me losing that full scholarship and being suspended, you know, from BG for a full year. Um, and it really brought everything full circle, um, you know, and I was in the midst of that storm and I had to realize, man, like, you know, what is it that I'm going to do or, or, or what is it that, what are the steps that I need to take, you know, to begin the process of coming out of this storm? And um, I just remember my grandfather, before he passed away, he told me I was going to need God to make it through school. Um, it didn't really resonate at the time that he told me, but after he passed and I went through what I went through, I recognized <laughs> completely what he meant by that. And I realized that, you know, the storm that I was in, God was going to be the only one 
that could get me out of it. Um, you know, I believe sometimes there are storms that, you know, God will allow to come. But then I think there are some storms that <laughs> we produce ourselves. And that was a storm that I manufactured myself. But God, in his infinite grace, mercy and wisdom, you know, still saw fit to rescue me out of that storm. You know, something that I realized, man, as it pertains to adversity is that um, God is not so much interested about what we go through as he's interested in how we go through it. Um, two things that I learned that God looks at in the midst of adversity, in the midst of a challenge, he examines our posture and our position. And what I mean by that, he examines our posture on his word. You know, if, if God has made you a promise, you know, you know, you're going into a storm, just like the disciples did in Luke chapter eight, they were going into a storm, but Jesus told them to get onto the boat. Meaning that if Jesus told them to get on the boat, he's already made preparations for the storm that's going to come. And so God examines your posture. He wants to know, hey, even though I'm allowing you to go through the storm, are you still going to remain positioned in my word? Are you still going to remain solid on what I've already told you I'll do in your life? Are you going to remain solid, you know, on the foundation of my word and allow yourself to be confident that I'm the same God that you saw perform miracles back then? I'm the same God that'll do those things now. And so, you know, I think when it comes to adversity, whether you've been a preacher's kid, whether you didn't even grow up in church, um, if you have some type of relationship with God or, or some knowledge of God and who he is in your life, then I think that we can go into every storm knowing that um, it's not about us, but it's for his glory to be revealed within us um, and for him to be, you know, uh, for him to give us the victory through those challenges that we face. Wow, Nobles, what a profound and timely answer, considering 2020 has been a stormy year and continues to be. And for people that are tuning in to be reminded that there's a God and a son of God named Jesus who gets us through those storms and, and just continue to unpack your story. Take us into the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, because it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows, right? I mean, you're two years into your journey. You answered the call to follow Jesus when you were young. But then you also answered the call to jump into FCA and to be an area representative and to serve in a sports ministry, which is a blessing, can have challenges. And how have the lessons you've learned through that journey and some of those storms better prepared you to lead at the high level you're leading at now within FCA? Yeah, um, you know, like, like you said, I recently just celebrated um, two years being on staff with FCA, um, you know, next to uh, next to accepting my call to ministry, well, next to being saved, accepting my call to ministry, um, marrying the love of my life, um, my wife, um, and then, you know, accepting this position at FCA. This has been the fourth or whatever, <laughs> the fifth best decision that I've made, you know, to this point, um, you know, after those things, um, you know, but like you said, you know, you would be crazy to think that, you know, it's been smooth sailing, you know, along the way. Um, you, you would, uh, you would be foolish to think that just because God calls you to it, you're not going to see, you know, um, any adversity, you're not going to suffer any setbacks. You know, I shared with you, Robert, you know, in some offline conversation, there was a point in time where, you know, I seriously considered walking away from FCA just because, you know, I, I, I wasn't seeing, you know, what God said coming into the ministry. Um, I felt as though, you know, I, you know, I wasn't being productive in a sense, I felt as though I was really lost, you know, and I really didn't know, 
you know, what direction I was going in as it pertained to the ministry, you know, or what needed to be done or, you know, what was the next step that I needed to take for various reasons. Um, but one thing that I would say really has held me, you know, in, in, in this time, um, Romans 8 and 18, you know, that what we suffer at, at that present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed later. Um, that's something that, you know, the Apostle Paul teaches us in. It's, it's a scripture that really helped you know, uh, solidified, you know, um, the call that I knew God placed on my life to come into FCA, you know, to even be afforded this position where, you know, you pretty much just talk about God and you talk about sports, you know, what athlete that's a Christian, you know, wouldn't love to have that opportunity, but, you know, it presented its challenges just like anything else. But I ultimately had to know, and my dad says this all the time. Um, my dad is my pastor currently. And he always says, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Meaning that if that's where God wants you to be, and if that's what God wants you to do, he's going to make sure he provides what you need um, for the task that he's assigned and he's called you to. And so the, the present suffering, so to speak, that I was experiencing, you know, the, 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 uncomfortable, the uncomfortability, you know, the tight places, the frustrations, I had to be reminded, God, this is where you called me. And no matter how challenging this is, you know, no matter, no matter how challenging this feels in this moment, I am not going to leave from this place um, because just like Jacob, you know, I'm going to keep holding on to you until you bless me. And, you know, um, COVID hits. Um, but through that, through this pandemic, you know, where everything has been seemingly shut down, God has been doing nothing but opening up tremendous doors for ministry for FCA. And so I would just encourage anyone out there that's listening as it pertains to your faith in the midst of adversity, um, to be reminded, just like Paul said, that what you're going through at that moment doesn't even pale in comparison to what God is going to do in your life if you remain rooted um, in his word and trust what he said. Thank you for tuning in to our Faith Out Front podcast, episode four, part one interview with Nobles Darby the Fourth, area representative for FCA. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion to this interview. And may you continue to put your faith out front. God bless.